0: to take another sip for the woes that were today. Just a little sippy sip for the technology
1: mm-hmm. issues.
0: Technological issues. You know what I bet the problem is? Mm. There's probably a demon, a nun demon inside oh, the
1: Focusrite Scarlet 2i2 3rd gen. <laughs> that nun is just ruining my fucking life.
0: Curse Valak. We know their real name. We can send them back to hell and get oh. our audio equipment back. <laughs> We're talking about The Conjuring 2, by the way.
1: <laughs> We're talking about The Conjuring 2. And I have thoughts about this stupid nun. Oh, she does. She really has thoughts. I'm so mad that I have to do my notes real quick <laughs> so we can hurry up and get to the part where mm-hmm. I can rip this nun apart. Eh? All right, we did The Conjuring last week, so here we go. This one is also directed by James Wan. Screenplay is still by Chad and Carrie Hayes. Here was the fun fact I had for Ooh. you.
0: Uh,
1: there was another person who worked on the screenplay named David Leslie Johnson. Hmm. He was a production assistant on the Shawshank Redemption. Oh. And he's from Lexington, Ohio, and he went to OSU. Oh, fun. So, woo, fun fact. Woo! That's only a fun fact for us. If people eh. don't know that we're from Ohio. We're from Ohio. Neither of us went to OSU, though. OH! So
0: <laughs> no. I, I went to OSU for grad school. Did you? Oh, okay.
1: Yeah.
0: I did. But that means I have nothing but disdain for it, so. Right?
1: <laughs> Sorry, OSU fans. I, I, I don't care. Um, <laughs> okay, so this is the one of the other facts that I was like... I didn't take a ton of notes because like it's the same movie. Mm, same yeah. crew for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only difference was I'm pretty sure uh, cinematography is a different person. So cinematography last time was John Robert Leonetti. Hmm. This is Don Michael Burgess or Burgess. Don Michael Bur- Burgess. Burgess. Um, so... We talked about this a little bit and how I didn't love the cinematography in this movie. And I was like, maybe this guy just hasn't done it a lot. You know, like, maybe... Maybe he's new. Maybe he's new. No. So, turns out he was nominated for an Academy Award because he did the cinematography for Forrest Gump. He
0: knows better than... He
1: knows better than this. Which makes me think that this could be the the production company having more say in... because, like, obviously, they do get, when you have, like, a very large company producing a movie, my guess is they probably have a big say in what it looks like. So this could possibly be a case of that. Um, because he did a lot of other stuff, too, that, like, he was a, he, he didn't do cinematography for these films, but he was, like, the photography, like, he was in charge of that. Like, a director mm-hmm. of photography. That's what I was trying to mm-hmm. say. Um, for, like, a bunch of really, really great movies. Oh, wow. So I, I I don't think that he would have done this movie and been like, "This is my best work." <laughs> this is my magnum opus. Because I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> is that the um, and then my last fact, as always, the budget. The budget was forty million. Do you know how much it made? Big guess. Seventy-five million. No. 321.8 million. I was. You were. Not. not I was not. Say you were <laughs> close, but listen, I was Kate. Not. You can be
0: generous, but that would be lying. <laughs> Kate, you were so good.
1: No. Uh Yeah, so it like, made just as much. Uh, what was the other one? Um, this one made more. Oh. Weird. My guess is because like people probably saw The Conjuring after it came out and like didn't see it in theaters. Probably loved that one. Mm. And then we're like, well, now I have to see the second one in theaters. That's kind of my guess. I okay, feel okay. like sequels that are made of very successful movies probably do well because people who didn't see the first one in theaters have had a chance to watch that and now become a fan. C'est possible? Right. On top of the people who are already fans. Yeah. So like, you know, you know. But it it was similar. The first movie made 319.5 million, 321.8. So like, that's when you get... In the hundreds of millions, it's how like, much really? Exactly. so like it really made make. more, but I'm guessing it was mostly just by people who like hadn't seen the first one and now we're like, okay, now I want to see this.
0: What was the budget comparison?
1: Oh, um, actually, so the first one was only 20 million. Okay. This one was 40. So they so doubled it.
0: The return on investment was better for the first one. Yes. But they made more this time, but they spent more yeah. on. Okay.
1: Because they had doubled the budget. Yeah. So. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. 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 <sighs> We'll, we'll talk about where that fucking budget went. Ugh. Get ready, everybody. It's the fourth kind part two. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm, I'm on a warpath. You ready? I'm going to give you a goddamn one
0: synopsis. Summary, oh, here we go. I'll give you a
1: summary. <laughs> Once again, there are too many daughters, too and many daughters. one of them is possessed by an old man. But is it?
0: That's, That's okay. it. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. I have. Thoughts on the fourth child that has one line in the entire movie. Are we
1: talking about the one that I didn't know existed until he was like,
0: I have to be brave? And I was like, Where the
1: fuck were you the whole time, Johnny?
0: Uh, we'll get into that, but I have I can't wait. half of I'm... my notes were about fucking Johnny. I
1: thought I was the only one that noticed this. No, I was I was like, it was surely like... I'm the only one who noticed that this kid has not shown up. It's, it's like, until now. there's
0: Janet, Margaret, Billy, and Johnny's there too.
1: <laughs> what is he? Are we sure Johnny's not another ghost? <laughs> he was there from the beginning, like
0: the <laughs> first scene at school. Not. He was there. He, <laughs> he was, but he never has a goddamn line <laughs> until much that. later. And they like <laughs> reference him, and they're like, "Oh, Johnny, is that you?" And then like, "Johnny's in the kitchen." And then he's like, "We gotta be brave." So like, he had one goddamn Look at line. Been, and so like, my theory is that they had oh. to have him in there because he did exist in the real like whatever right. family. But they were just like, "Fuck, we forgot a kid," and they like added him in, and forgot to give him lines. It
1: doesn't help that he looks like the other little he, boy. I too. cannot tell them apart. So I was like, "Who? Who?" Because at first he's like, "We, I know we're, we're, I know we're not in the same order we usually do things, but yeah. I'm sorry, we gotta talk about we Johnny talk real about quick." Johnny. <laughs> There's a part where he goes in the kitchen and he's like, "We have to be brave," and I went. Oh, that's cute. The kid with like the little stutter who's really nervous beginning is being brave. And then I look behind Johnny and I go, no way. No, no, no way. <laughs> There's that one. So what the fuck, is this? <laughs> the fuck is this? I'm so glad you thought that. I was oh, yeah. embarrassed. I was like, I can't believe that not only did I forget a kid's name, I forgot this kid full on existed, but I'm so glad that you also <laughs> were like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. It was like, <sighs> yeah. I have a lot of thoughts. Okay. Oh God. Give me a real summary. Okay. And then we'll uh, we'll get this ball rolling. We'll loop back around. <laughs> it all comes back to Johnny.
0: Doesn't he not real? If we dig deep enough, it's all coming down to Johnny.
1: <laughs> I hate him.
0: <laughs> he does nothing wrong except he not just, have lines I know. and I blend should, into the background really well.
1: I shouldn't hate him. I shouldn't hate him. I just. It just broke my brain, is all. Okay. Hit me with that summary. In
0: 1977, paranormal investigators and Lorraine Warren come out of a self-imposed sabbatical to travel to Enfield, a borough north of London. Nope, a borough in North London. Our one London fan would be like, it's not like that.
1: (laughs) Don't come for us, our one London fan. Please, we're so so tired.
0: (laughs) There, they meet Peggy Hodgson, an overwhelmed single mother of four, C4, Johnny included, who tells the couple that something evil is in her home. Ed and Lorraine believe her story when the youngest daughter starts to to show signs of demonic possession. As the Warrens try to help the besieged girl, they become the next targets of the malicious spirit.
1: Yeah, we'll fucking, we'll see. I have thoughts about this summary too. I, at least with the fourth kind, I went into it with like, Maybe I do like this movie. And mm. then I was like, we talked about it more and more. And I went, you know what? I guess I don't. With this one, I'm like, oh, we're coming in hot. Because I know my thoughts. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm well, you're sorry that I got heated again. How
0: dare you have I'm opinions just... on things? You're a woman. You're not supposed to have those. Who I'll... told
1: you about opinions? As a woman, I am meant to sit in my home, rip my apples in half, <laughs> never touch a knife. And watch my movies yep. <laughs> and like and, it. Yes, and like it. So I feel very bad for stepping out. I also, Kate, I have to tell you the truth. Oh no, I cut something today with a knife. <gasps> you are. I know. I what I did is I embraced a life of sin, and I did cut some fruit. I was tired. My hands were so tired, Kate. <laughs>
0: Oh my god! <laughs> to rip. So tired I to of ripping rip your nails were rough from ripping the apples in half. But now they're beautiful. I, my they're
1: nails beautiful. look so nice. They and do I look couldn't. I nice. couldn't ruin, ruin that. Yeah. I couldn't ruin that. I like that. Immediately you were like, "Well, your nails do look nice." Yes. I do understand, actually. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, ladies, you heard it here first. It's okay to embrace sin as long as your nails look good. <laughs> <laughs> That's the rule. That is
0: the caveat. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> we got. it. We gotta go to nerd corner. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sit here forever.
0: So. I left on a cliffhanger last episode. I know, you bitch. Yeah, it's me. So I started to like, tease theories on why some folks like horror movies, and I'm here to pick that thread back up. We're going to start with Dr. Glenn Walters' theory of the case. So Dr. Walters says that some people are drawn to horror because of tension, relevance, and unrealism. Mm-hmm. I'm going to dig into each of those. Hell yeah. So tension we're pretty damn familiar with. <laughs> We've talked about tension a little bit. Just a little bit. So you create tension with like suspense, mystery, shock, gore, etc., mm-hmm. and techniques with sound, lighting, camera angles... We've talked about it. Yeah. So, like, when the cameras see more than the characters and there's dramatic irony that creates tension or when we're limited as, like, we're as limited as the characters Mm -hmm. in terms of what we can see and know, that creates tension. Right. What's off screen? I don't know. They don't either. So, it's fair to say that we've talked about that fairly extensively. We don't have to dig deep into tension today. Relevance is where we really get into the cultural analysis. Yeah. So, I mentioned it's tension, relevance, unrealism, and relevance... What makes something relevant? What are frogs? What are frogs? What are frogs? <laughs> what are frogs? So, what makes it relevant? And relevant to who? Whom? I never know the rule. I will never get it right on purpose. Whom?
1: Who? Whom, who gives a shit? Whom gives a shit? <laughs> who gives did. a shit? Okay. <laughs> if you give a shit, whom? <laughs> Fuck whom? <laughs> <I> panicked. <laughs> Fuck whom? Okay. <laughs> Fuck whom? <God>. Anyway, <laughs> so,
0: like. Regarding relevance, there's this kind of sense of universality Mm -hmm. that a lot of people try to kind of capture or that is easy to capitalize on, and, like, I can't speak to cultures that have different, like, cultural experiences or belief around, like, deaths or the afterlife, but it's pretty fair to say that humans are generally afraid to die. That is generally relevant to most humans, is that they're afraid to die.
1: Fair enough. It sounds unpleasant. Yeah. Yeah.
0: A fear of dying is pretty easy to tap into for horror films, Mm -hmm. but they should and often do dig deeper. So like the Black Coat's daughter was trying to tap into that fear of being alone or abandoned and that feeling of loss. It tapped into the fear of the stranger, of missing children, and childhood fears. And Ginger Snaps really dug its claws into anxieties around puberty. So we talked about how much we love Ginger Snaps. Yeah. Because it was relevant to us. We were able to identify with the characters because we had experienced similar situations or felt those same fears or tensions. Mm Mm-hmm. But we also said that it wouldn't be familiar for everyone. Right. And identification with those characters could be limited by that. Both of the sisters in Ginger Snaps were white and came from a middle class home. So clearly relevance is entirely subjective. Absolutely. (laughs) Again, relative to who? (laughs) To whom? (laughs) (laughs) We've also talked about the lack of diversity in stories when covering tropes like monochrome casting Mm -hmm. and lamented over the dearth of directors of color. Right. So, what stories are we seeing time and time again, especially in the typical haunted house horror movies? A white family, likely with money troubles, being stuck in a home that is quite haunted and increasingly dangerous. Right. And why is that the common story? Why is this story thought to be universally relevant? Why is it like, oh, we pop a white family in a haunted house, everyone's going to love this shit?
1: They love this shit. (laughs) Watch this. They love this. Watch it. They love it.
0: So why is it thought to be universally relevant? Probably because of the dominant narratives around, quote unquote, normal. Yeah. And this starts to get into the way we understand identity in relation to others and cultural forces like white supremacy. Mm -hmm. So in my old job, I would talk about identity and power and show a chart that listed various types of identity and how power is generally allocated based on that. There are a lot of different versions of it. This one called itself the matrix of oppression. So as we know, there are many facets to identity. (laughs) Right. But when we look at aspects like race, religion, gender identity, gender presentation, sexuality, we see that there are privileged social groups and targeted social groups. Privilege for anyone that isn't super familiar with the term is basically just any honor and benefits that you have solely because of your identity. Right. Didn't do anything to earn them, but you have them. So for me, like a white woman. There are a lot of benefits that I have that I did not earn. White folks are privileged in society while Black, Asian, Latinx, and Indigenous folks are targeted for oppression. Cis Mm -hmm. men are privileged by society, while cis women, trans women, and genderqueer folks are targeted for oppression. That actually gets into sexism and transphobia, but they overlap. Yeah. And there's a video I used to show where Jackson Katz talks about language and gender-based violence, and he makes a point. That I thought was really interesting and he's not the only person that made this point so many other theorists have talked about it. This is just like top of mind for me. Yeah, but he says that people who are heterosexual don't often think about that as a sexuality or white people don't think of themselves as having a race. So basically, if you're not the targeted group, your identity and experiences are so represented and valued by society that your identity is understood as the default. And everything else is a variation on that norm.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And obviously, this is problematic when we see one identity as the natural or normal because that's part of the cycle of oppression. Right. Because it's inherently othering. Where it's like, well, I don't have a race. I'm white. It's like,
1: well, well, hold on.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Because then you're saying race is for other people that aren't white. And so just when you kind of set up like a neutral point of being white, that's really problematic, and that's centering whiteness yeah. and saying that we are the normal. It's really fucking awful, <laughs> but it's something that we just don't think about. Yeah. And so it's just really interesting because, yeah. So bringing this back to horror, there's an absolute abundance of movies that feature a white homeowning family because that's seen as the default for society. Right. We talk about the nuclear family, and it's like husband, husband wife. Yeah, I almost said husband, mother. Son, and I was like, hold daughter, on.
1: <laughs> dog, cat, you know. Yeah,
0: 2.5 kids, white picket fence, yeah. that type of shit. So when someone makes a movie with white protagonists, white people are like, ah, so relatable.
1: Uh, So me, though? (laughs) Uh, I do that. I do that.
0: (laughs) So that's part of relevance. And I'm not saying that folks of color or queer folks or nominal class folks can't identify with those characters or struggles. I'm just saying that when we, as a society, try to understand or communicate the relevance of stories, we have to consider the way it reflects broader cultural power structures. Yeah. Especially considering who historically and currently has the power and privilege to get movies to theaters. Yeah. Is men. Is
1: white men. It sure is men. It sure is white men.
0: <laughs> so that's really what I wanted to dig into with relevance, because yeah. it just keeps coming back to the question, like...
1: Because, I mean, that's exactly what we have. Yeah. the last movie was a white family, mm-hmm. somewhat money problems. Like, and that just seems to be... Now, do ghosts just only like white people, or not like white people? I mean, depending on how we how see you ghosts read haunting. It. What's their deal? I don't, <laughs> even know, man. I don't get it. There, are,
0: there's an article—not an article, it's a podcast I listened to. Yeah, that was talking about like our preoccupation with haunted houses, yeah. specifically as it relates to like land ownership. And I wasn't ready to cover it this week, partially because I have this whole, like, why do we like horror movies? So I wanted to talk about that mm-hmm. when we talk about a haunted house movie. Right. But I didn't want to do it this week, and I also want to dig further into it. But it's really interesting when you look,
1: oh, hissing. Oh, they're, they're really fighting. Hey, guys. I don't like it. Mama's recording her show. <laughs> Mommy's working, <sweaty. laughs> Okay. Stop it.
0: <laughs> I love how Misa just hunkered down. She's like, I don't know what's happening.
1: <laughs> Threw a flannel at my cats, and they really got them. They really got them.
0: Got them. Bam. <laughs>
1: didn't even touch them. No. Just near them. Okay. Um, uh, to the podcast. Yeah. Um, oh, and you didn't want to talk about it because we were talking about other haunted house movies. Yes, but this one was different. I mean, because
0: this one because it's like a series of The Conjuring, right. and I think that we can get mm-hmm. into it at another time. But I think it's especially interesting to look at like haunted house, and landowning from the perspective of a white family who is living on stolen land.
1: Yeah, it ain't theirs, though. No,
0: like, (laughs) white people should own nothing because we stole it all. So it's just, like, another layer of confusion and, like, this feeling of ownership over a place that was never yours, but Mm -hmm. then the ghosts feel ownership and there's the tension. Anyway, there's a lot to dig into there. And I didn't have the time for it this week.
1: Right, So I'm going to save it. (laughs) Yeah, So that was, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going say, better to go in depth in a movie yes. where it is the focus yeah. instead of like a month of movies where like you just got to throw it in. Yeah. Yeah. You exactly. better to cover it
0: more. In depth. In depth, if you will. If you will. So, hoof in hand. in hand,
1: If you will. <laughs> <laughs> a classic.
0: So that was Relevance. Now let's get to realism. This yeah. one is really freaking wild. And it feels contradictory.
1: I just want to fight this movie physically. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <sighs> okay, go ahead. So the entire idea is that we're drawn to movies that are like relevant and um oh my god are tense, relevant and unreal. Yeah. And so it's like kind of contradictory because we want relevance but not realism. And we also have this like willing suspension of disbelief that I'm right. gonna get into. But people have done studies on this shit. Yeah. In terms of like realism versus unrealism. So here is a long ass direct quote. <laughs> big trigger warning here the studies show people some really gnarly videos including graphic violence against animals and medical gore so skip ahead like 30 seconds from now if that will be triggering to you yeah time to skip so height mccauley and rosen 1994 in conducting research on disgust exposed college students to three documentary videos depicting real life horrors one clip showed cows being stunned killed and butchered in a slaughterhouse A second clip pictured a live monkey being struck in the head with a hammer, having its skull cracked open, and its brain served as dessert. A third clip depicted a child's facial skin being turned inside out in preparation for surgery. Continuing the
1: quote, we're out of that now. (laughs) Come back now if you were worried about, I'll make a fun noise for you so you know it's time to come Mm back. Woo-woo! That was was delightful. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: So 90% of the students turned the video off before it reached the end. Yeah, even the majority of individuals who watched the tape in its entirety found the images disturbing. Yet many of these same individuals would think nothing of paying money to attend the premiere of a new horror film with much more blood and gore than was present in the documentaries that most of them found repugnant. Macaulay in 1998 posed the logical question of why these students found the documentary films so unpleasant when most had sat through horror pictures that were appreciably more violent and bloody. The answer that Macaulay came up with was that the fictional nature of horror films affords the viewer a sense of control Mm -hmm. by placing psychological distance between them and the violent acts that they have witnessed. Mm -hmm. Most people who view horror movies understand the filmed events are unreal, which furnishes them with psychological distance from the horror portrayed in the film. In fact, there is evidence that young viewers who perceive greater realism in horror films are more negatively affected by their exposure to horror films than viewers who perceive the film as unreal.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's 100% true, though. Yeah. I mean, like... I watch horror movies with lots of blood and I'm not phased because I know I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's fake. Like, I'm well aware. But if I see somebody, like, fall and, like, get hurt and there's blood, I'm not going to be like, whatever. Like, it's going to freak me out. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, accurate. (laughs) Yeah. And so I found,
0: like, this tension between, like, the willing suspension of disbelief Mm -hmm. and this need for unrealism really interesting. Because, except in cases where it's, like, based on a true story – we go into the film knowing that we'll all be fictitious. And so to me, I think we can reconcile this by saying, like, we need to buy into the premise enough to be invested. And the movie has to be quality enough for us to stay grounded in the narrative. Right. But we need to know that graphic violence isn't real. Mm-hmm. Um, but big caveat on this study. <laughs> it's nearly 30 years old. And there's yeah. just a general disclaimer on basically all psych studies about generalizability based on limitations of the study. So, mm-hmm. like, a ton of studies historically were only on white men. So can you generalize the results to white women or men of color? Yeah. Or the study was under laboratory conditions. Can you say that people will react similarly under real world conditions? Those are some of like the typical limitations. There are a lot of issues with generalizability. And even with these caveats, I think it's interesting as part of like the broader premise of why some folks gravitate toward horror movies. So that was Walter's perspective saying tension, relevance, and unrealism. Yeah. That's not the only theory about why we like horror. In the article I read, there are at least five more.
1: Maybe I'll get into them next. Week. I knew it. I
0: like,
1: you <laughs> you saw it your it. face. We're gonna save these for those dang all the movies. Uh huh. Yep. <sighs> I knew it. I knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. But I was still like, "Don't get invested, Nikki." And I got invested. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Mm-hmm. <sighs> that that's so interesting because like it's not stuff that you you don't know, but it's just stuff you don't really think about. Yep. Until you say it, and then you're like, "Oh yeah, I guess if I did see a kid." Well, you know, I'm not going to say skip ahead again, but if I saw those videos that you mentioned yes. before, I would not be happy. No. I would not enjoy that at all. But if you show similar things in a horror movie, I'm like, not real. Yay. Yep. like So <laughs> artistic. Like, wound. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, oh, such beauty in this art. <laughs>
0: I love how it symbolizes the death of the yeah. brain because but if of I see technology. It for real, I'm like, ugh.
1: <laughs> ugh. Yeah, major quick factor. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that means... It's time for horror. It is time for horror indeed. Uh, I just
0: want to say at the top, the entire time I was watching Ed Warren in both movies, he has this energy of a guy who didn't realize how much he wanted to be a dad until he interacted with those kids. And now he's like, you know what? I want one of my own. And Judy's in the corner like, am I a joke to you?
1: (laughs) (laughs) He literally has a child. And every time a child is nice to him, he's like, this is what it's like. And And I'm like, like, wish I had one of my own. And Judy's like, Judy's like, no, it's cool. Hang (laughs) out with your haunted fucking doll. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) And And yet, and yet we have, you know, uh, Lorraine. Yes. We have Lorraine Warren. He's just like, I love my daughter. I die for my daughter. I don't know why I gave her that (laughs) accent. I don't either. (laughs) She's like, she's my life. And Ed's like, who? (laughs) We have a daughter. I'm sorry. I love in the, (laughs) I know this isn't intentional, but in the beginning (laughs) when they're like, we have to stop doing these investigations, and she's like, "We can't do this." And Ed goes, "Why?" And their daughter walks in, you know, to tell the audience, "Yeah, this is why." And then she leaves, and Ed goes, "Okay, but <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: but why? Okay, but why?" Now that that fucker's out of here, don't know who she now is. that
1: bitch is gone. <laughs> Jeez, I thought she'd never fucking leave. Jesus. <laughs> <you know> <laughs> daughter. I've never seen her. I've never seen her talk to him, and I've never seen. It's like he, she's a house guest, and he's like, "You're more like my wife's friend," because <laughs> <sighs> you're right. He goes to this one, and he's yeah. like, oh, "I'm gonna play guitar for these kids," yeah. and oh, I just want to spoil them. Yeah, and I'm like. <laughs>
0: Child, Because, like, there are totally different vibes for this guy that's like, I'm a dad. I know how to interact with kids. And then there's the, I didn't realize I wanted a child until
1: this yeah. moment. And he that's plays, what he brings. Yes. He, like, plays guitar. And he's just like, you know what? Like, this is I fun. kids are cool. And I'm like, do you not play like this for her? Or are you just like, Judy, stop it. I'm going to go play guitar in my room. <laughs> so... That's not the horror, but it is very funny <laughs> because he gives off that vibe. He gives off, I want to be dad vibes, but he is a dad. Yep. And then oh. every
0: single fucking time, both of the times is what I mean. He will go in and be like, this is too big for me. I can't handle this. This is beyond me. And he's like, well, but guess this is what we're doing now. And like holds out his necklace. And every time he has to like ramp up that tension and like fear factor by saying, this is beyond my abilities. Right, And, and then, then he does he's, it. Of course he's going
1: to go in half. Yeah. Like every time he's just like, we can't, I'm going to go though. I'm, like, like, oh, huh? I'm
0: going to go ahead and go in. I know I promised you, but I have to help her.
1: I'm like y'all. Y'all's promises mean nothing, huh? Because she also is just like oh, we can't do any more jobs. And then they bring a job, and she's like, maybe one more job. Yeah. <laughs> I just okay. Let's get <laughs> let's get into the horror and yes. pr- give the people what they what they wanted. They came okay. here for okay, which is garbage. <gasps> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I okay. If you like this movie, I get it. I understand why. This is the fourth time I've seen it, so I'm going to rip it apart. And I'm really sorry. It has nothing to do with, like, if you like it, I get it. But I'm just going to give my honest opinion and say, I fucking hated this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I tried. I was like, I'm going to be nice on the podcast. I'm going to be nice. And then the movie kept playing, and I went, I'm not. I can't. (laughs) Physically, I can't be nice. (sighs) The first few scares were, like, they're focused on uh, the one daughter do you remember Janet Janet. where they're focused on Janet it's quite unsettling like you know she gets pulled out of bed you see some of the kids like okay also these kids and this mom they get up in the middle of the night okay to go to the bathroom in this house it's an old house it creaks you're telling me not one goddamn person in this house heard them the whole time they're walking around they're like hello my truck huh and I'm like people are sleeping Calm the fuck down. This really got to me because I was like, this is so unrealistic in the fact, like I know we're supposed to suspend our disbelief, but like this kid is just like, stomp, stomp, stomp. I got to put my fire truck away, tosses it in the fucking house. And he's like, clonk, clonk, clonk. And then he's like, glad I didn't wake anyone up. Is there a ghost?
0: Are you kidding me? (laughs) My like reasoning for that is that they're in a shitty house in, like, yeah. a weird town, so they probably hear a lot of stuff. That's like, when true. you live, like, near nightlife, you stop waking up it's to the true. people laughing outside your
1: window. <laughs> so it's possible that, like, they just didn't hear it, but it was, like, it was just funny because yes. it kept happening. Yes. It was always another kid. Yep. One kid would wake up, make a shit ton of noise, go to bed. One kid would wake up, make a shit ton of noise, go to bed. <laughs> Everyone yep. was like, yeah, no, I slept fine. <laughs> Somehow their paths
0: did not cross. They didn't notice <laughs> yeah. each other. Yep.
1: So... I will say, like, some of those scares were unsettling, but they just didn't scare me. Because the whole time I was like, who's making all this fucking noise? And why does nobody hear it? Like, pounding on the door? Pounding on the door. And she's like, stop knocking on the door. Why would she go to the bathroom and be like... <laughs> Who is she knocking for? Clearly you're still awake. I have like... to imagine the door accidentally locked. Yeah, I because guess bedroom that's... doors can. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, yeah. You're I not don't... wrong still, but... <laughs> no, but that's the thing is, like... It's just, I've seen it so many times now that I'm noticing small things that, yes. like, before I didn't give a shit about. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, come on. So, yes, the scares in the beginning are a bit unsettling. Like, you know, there is a part that I did really like where the kid is walking. Um, he's downstairs. He must have got, like, water or something. Or gone to the bathroom. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know it's not Johnny because Johnny's not into the end. Yeah. Um, so he's walking downstairs and he passes the chair. Mm-hmm. And there is someone sitting in the chair. Mm-hmm. It's really fast. It's really quick. Yep. And I got excited because I was like, cool, this is what I'm in for. Because that's one of the first moments of like kind of a spooky thing. Mm-hmm. So I was like, cool, if we're going to get subtle scares like that. Yeah. But I've seen this movie. So I knew we weren't. And I watched it and I went, no, don't, don't. I was like, don't give me that cool, subtle scare and then be like, but that's the last one. Mm -hmm. We're going to give you garbage for the rest. (sighs) So yeah, that part was great. Then we get into the nun. The nun. (laughs) Which, Kate, I'm really sorry that I am shouting and taking over, but... No, I love this. I've held this in all day. I was telling my... Remarkable restraint. I was telling my friend at work, I was like, she was like, how did recording go? And I was like, do you want to know? And I was just laying into this movie and she was like, geez, oh my God the nun is pointless where does this nun come from this is this is the research i did the beginning that i I told you about i was like i need to look stuff up i looked up the real haunting because the enfield case specifically is supposed to be one of the most documented cases in like history Mm -hmm. like that's a thing that this case is specifically a very well documented case because they did actually have like that doctor and that That skeptic and everything. They had those people. Those people are real. And they did capture all these things. Like at the end, they have real recordings, real photos of the family, which is great. I wish we had got that in the first one. Yeah. A little more. Um, So that part was really unsettling. That's great. But this nun does not exist in this story. This nun is something they added Mm. in because they wanted to continue the franchise. Once they realized the first one was successful, they were like, well, how can we continue this through line? let's throw a nun in. So they added in this nun out of fucking nowhere. She's not scary. She looks stupid. We'll get to the part that makes me pissed as hell, which Mm, you already know. Yeah. Which you brought up too. And I was like, good. So I'm not the only one who hates this part. No, I hate that part. The nun doesn't make any sense. They threw in this nun and they were just like, hey, here's this really well-documented case that like people know there are multiple documentaries on it. There are multiple movies and books. And we're just gonna fuck with it a little.
0: The demon wasn't sexy enough. We want this chaste, like monstrosity of a demon. Now
1: there was no demon in this story. Oh, really? This story is not about a demon. This story is about a poltergeist. poltergeist. Yeah. So the poltergeist did like you do hear Janet talk, and not to burst anyone's bubble, but like Janet had also like heard of other poltergeist hauntings, and it's it's relatively assumed that like Janet wasn't necessarily faking on purpose but was pulling from things that she didn't yeah. consciously know that she knew yeah. and then was doing them Yeah. so like one of the first things that happened in the haunting that she like read about was like a teapot going missing which was one of the first things that happened in this actual haunting is that their teapot went missing mm. so all of a sudden you're getting these things that like okay she was accidentally in her mind pulling from this haunting that she knew about to create yeah. this haunting for real Yeah. so <laughs> to say like This is not, they just beefed it up. They Mm -hmm. beefed it up to the point of being, like, unwatchable, in my opinion. Because the first one's beefed up, too. We talked about that. Mm -hmm. Like, I read the, you know, the real story of it. And I was like, cool, yeah, it's really interesting. It is not this wild. Mm -mm. But it's still good because they kept it subtle. They stuck to the story as best they could. I think because they knew at that point. They didn't, well, they didn't know that they were going to make this into a huge fucking franchise. Yeah. So they were like, let's just make a good movie. And then with this one, they were like, now let's just make a movie that we know will lead to eight more. Mm. So that's my thoughts. I'll I'll let you take it away because I'll get too angry. But my thoughts are like, beginning of the movie has some okay scares. Once you start incorporating this nun demon that is not fucking part of this, it's just stupid. It, It was so clearly like. We need to sell more movies. Let's throw this nun demon in. Yeah. I don't give a fuck.
0: Get her <laughs> out of here. Because I don't live there. Cause I don't live there. <laughs> don't live there. <laughs> Maybe I'll put the wild no in the extended show. Extended
1: show. <laughs> what is what's Bridge. the exact quote?
0: <laughs> London Bridge is falling down, but I don't give
1: a fuck because I don't I don't live, live there. there. <laughs> That's how I felt about this movie. I was like, the nun is haunting them, but I don't give a fuck. <laughs> because she's not involved. <laughs> This isn't
0: about you. It the, wasn't about the She-Ra meme. <laughs> this ain't about him. <laughs> it was
1: the. It, <laughs> we it's it's a poltergeist me. drowning, and the nun is like taking a picture, and it's like living my best life. And I'm like, yeah, but the real poltergeist in the background. <laughs> we need this, though. This ain't about him. <laughs> <laughs> I hated that nun. It's not scary. It's over the top. It's stupid. Take it away, Kate, your thoughts on horror because I'll jump in when I can. Okay. But I'm heated as well. I'll take a moment. I appreciate let's, you. Let's have one calming breath together. In and out. <sighs> <laughs> I'm so mad.
0: Uh, So I added in my notes, like, I feel like Vera Farmiga does better in the moments of high emotion than she does in the calmer moments. Yeah. Because, like, her screaming in pain or in fear is better acting than right. when she's, like it took a form that is like blasphemous to mock my faith. Or like, oh, but then we know the name. Like when she's reciting the riddle it's in the so- car, <laughs> that moment where she's like, it was something like, proceeds to- Repeat the exact, exact phrasing. It was something
1: like, and then I said, it was like, whoa, girl. And
0: I was like, are you teaching kindergarten right now? Like that's the tone that you're using. Not like I'm in a speeding car through the rain in a country right. that I don't live in to try to save a family that might die because of a demon. She was like, here's a riddle for your kids. <laughs>
1: I laughed really hard when she was like, the name, the name, where's my Bible? And she says I need it, my Bible. I need my Bible. But she says it so enunciated and like fake panicky that I was like, okay, you know where your Bible is. Stop faking us. Like, she was like, I need my Bible. <laughs> I was like, girl, you reached for it immediately. You know where it is. Mm-hmm. It's like the get out of the way. Pushes Move, things that aren't in the way. <laughs> <laughs> Move, I'm psychic. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, wait, she's
0: Thoughts, so many thoughts. There were a lot of memes (laughs) just in that moment colliding.
1: Move, I'm psychic. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
0: gonna die. okay, 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 okay. I want that on like a button. Move, I'm psychic.
1: I'm gonna make it. Don't worry. (laughs) I love it.
0: Uh, but yeah. So there were a lot of like very overwrought moments where like they're on either side of the door and they're just like married couple like pining and they're like separated by this. Yeah. And he's like, I know I promised you, but I have to help this family. And it's just so...
1: They also allude to this moment. like, I saw your death. And she says it like a million times. And then you see him in danger like one time. And then he's like, I'm good. (laughs) We (laughs) averted it. (laughs) Okay, so what the fuck was all that for? Like, he barely was in danger too. He slips and she grabs him, pulls him in the window and goes, okie (laughs) dokie. It was like...
0: He was hanging by, like, a... Like a a curtain. A curtain. And, like, the little rings were popping off. And so there was, like, a time limit. And, like, he would be impaled on the tree the way she saw him impaled. But, like... (laughs) Like... You know, from, like... Okay, this was one of the tropes that I didn't cover. But it's, like, you know that he's gonna live because the real Edwarn didn't die in Enfield. Right, so
1: you're, like... Why would, like... And and also, none of this happened in the real Enfield. No. There's no tree. There's no nun. The girl didn't jump out a window. Yeah. Don't. 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 Uh, <laughs> this is me yelling at the movie. Don't.
0: Don't. So remember last week when we talked about how much we loved, how like every now and then they had those funny camera angles yeah. that were like really creative. Like
1: the spinning and the I felt the like disorder. they were overused Thank this time. Thank you. Because yes. it just
0: felt like <clears throat> gratuitous where it was like, we know we're artsy. We know we're clever. And so I don't know where my words were there. We're we clever. Know, we clever. No, we know we're clever. And so it just felt like they were going over the top. And it just didn't 100%. feel like there was reason for it no. to do that a lot of the time.
1: And I agree. I feel like I feel like they saw what worked in the first one, and they just they just did too much, because like I said, we talked about the guy who did the cinematography. Clearly, he's a talented man. Oh yeah. Like, I I don't think that this was necessarily. And I don't know. I don't know. Maybe this guy just was like. Actually, I love this movie, and I think it looks really good. Yeah. Good for you. I think that like. If you're going to use those wild camera angles, you have to use them sparingly. Yeah. Or else they just... At a certain point, I didn't even fucking notice they were happening. You yeah. were like, oh, they had all those arts. I was like, oh, I didn't see them. I, I was so upset with this movie that, like, I didn't look at the camera angles. I didn't... Because they were so... This was such a big-budget Hollywood scary movie. It had everything that they have. But I just didn't care.
0: Yeah. There were a few moments where they did, like... um slow-mo and like a freeze frame yeah and i was like it felt like strange placement thank
1: you it felt very out of place yes there's a moment with like the slow-mo where i didn't know it was even slow-mo at first i was like man she she moves like slow like she's really not moving and i was like oh it's slow-mo and it lasts for like a second it's not even long yeah so it felt unnecessary it felt accidental yeah i was like did y'all forget to take it out and then, um, like you said, the freeze frame. Where,
0: like, the mom's screaming after Janet has, like, a seizure, basically. Yeah, and she's, she's like, like call ah! ambulance! And it just, like, freezes on her face. And just like this... what It, it just felt out of place. Like, I can't explain what would have like, made it feel in, like, correct. Right. But it just felt like it wasn't the same as the rest of the movie.
1: It felt like they were trying to do that shot that I loved in the first one. Where... Because, you know, they changed the aspect ratio. They changed the camera, like quality Mm -hmm. to mask not mask but to show the fact that like oh we're using different cameras to show this and it worked really well because it made sense the movie looked one way the whole time until all of a sudden it didn't but there was a reason for it like when they do that slow zoom Mm -hmm. that i love so much Mm -hmm. that's a thing they do in the 1970s Mm -hmm. and this movie took place and so it made sense it felt very like cool you're showing me the time period in an interesting way that like uh you know is just Better than just telling us right out. This is the '70s. You were just like, "Cool, I can do this subtle thing." Love that. All of these felt useless. I was like, "You're doing a freeze frame, but you're not showing us like footage that you've taken," so that didn't make sense. You're showing a slow mo, but like you've you've not done it before, and you didn't do it after, and we're not we're not catching something. You know what I mean? Like usually, if it's slow mo, you're supposed to see something you wouldn't see if it was fast, but there's nothing really to see.
0: Yeah, and like the other use of slow mo is like for those tense moments where it's like, will they avoid this? They feel like they're not running fast enough. But like it felt like it was being used for that, but it felt out of place.
1: Yeah, and and also like there there just wasn't, she wasn't getting away from anything that, like she just got away, you know? Like it
0: It wasn't like he reached out and like bye and like barely missed. It
1: was like she just wasn't close to it. I don't know. (sighs) There were just so many weird things. I told my friend this at work. It felt like they took a ton of things, threw them at the wall, and then unfortunately, they all stuck. Mm. So instead of, like, working with what stuck and making those great, they took a bunch of things that stuck and made them all mediocre. Yeah. So it was like, you didn't make one thing great. You didn't focus all of your energy on, like, amazing camera angles, costumes. This mm-hmm. you just You just took all of it, mashed it together, and went, we're going to work with this.
0: Yeah. Big ball of. Not good. (laughs) Yeah. It's like they did everything halfway instead of doing some things
1: 100% to really like bring it home. Pretty much. It it just, it felt like they had this cookie cutter of like, Mm. this is what a Hollywood movie looks like. Let's smush our movie into it to make it fit. Yeah. While still trying to make it seem like the first movie, which even though it did have those Hollywood big budget vibes a little bit, it also just had different scares. Like it was interesting. And this didn't. (laughs) I hated it. I know that none. I felt like the framing device
0: for like the overarching this is about the Warrens at the end of the day and there happen to be other hauntings that bring them in. But at the end of the day, it's about the Warrens because they are the common thread. Right. I felt like that through line just wasn't strong enough. Like it felt like when I was watching the first one, I was like, why are you cutting to Judy? What does she have to do this? Why is Annabelle involved? You know, because they want to make an Annabelle movie. But like. They eventually had it so that, like, the demon that was in whatever the place it was. The first house. Yeah. Was, like, influencing Annabelle and, like, reaching out to threaten them. And so, like, I was like, okay, it brought those together. But this one started with the Amityville Horror, and it was just, like, a nod to it. And I have a quote, and he was like, yeah, we're not going to do the Amityville Horror because even though it's one of their most famous cases, it's been done to death. Like, everyone's done it. We don't have anything new to add to it.
1: So funny, because the Enfield is also, like, a very famous, like, less well-known, I'll say, but also, you, okay.
0: (laughs) But it just felt like the through line on this story just wasn't strong. It just didn't feel like it was connected enough, because it's like, why did you show us Amityville if only to show us the nun? And so it's like, I felt like so many aspects of the story were justifying the nun. Where it's like, you could have made a stronger story without the nun.
1: If they had taken the nun out and focused... Because like if you're going to say a movie is based on a true story, you have to at least try like the first one. Keep it about that story. And if you have to add in a few things to like really make your scares stick and make them big, fine. But try to keep true to like the essence of this story. Yeah, don't
0: change a poltergeist to a demon. Which they
1: were like, it, it felt... What's worse is they did keep this poltergeist kind of thing, but they added in a demon so they had to mush the two together where they were like, oh, turns out actually the old man is being kept hostage and if you play these two recordings at the same time, he's actually saying the word. And I'm like, Listen. "Where the fuck? Who would have been like, oh, I, I bet those words are connected to these words we took a week later. Who? What kind of ghost is like, I'm going to say all half of my words and then I'll say the other half later. Who? What kind of ghost does this?
0: Made me so fucking irritated because I was like, it is not that easy to line up audio. Believe me, I've spent hours yeah, lining goes, up audio. Play.
1: And I was like, oh, don't you fucking dare. No, I was like, don't you mock me
0: <laughs> What's with your fucking it- tapes, Ed Warren.
1: <laughs> you think you can just come in here and do what I do, bitch? No. I, that part made me so mad because I was like, you already have a pretty spooky old man ghost. Yeah. Who is real from the story and the, the real, real fucking haunting, just work with it. Make it work. Yeah. I haven't even gotten to a part that makes me almost more mad than the nun. So get ready. Oh, God. You thought the nun got me heated. I really I'm did. I thought done. the nun was like the no. pinnacle of your rage. Oh, the nun is definitely most of it. But let, let's just talk about the crooked man real quick.
0: Oh, I have a trope about this. Oh. About the actor.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Let's talk about the crooked man. Yeah. And how fucking useless and how... It didn't need to be there. It didn't need to be there at all.
0: It was supposed to show, like, childhood fear preying on Billy. But right. you're, like, kind of torn because it's, like, Janet's supposed to be the target. And Billy got in the way, but he's right. like, I want to play with Billy. So, like, why is Billy also being a target when it's supposed to be focused on Janet? And then, like, yeah, it it's, just felt diluted.
1: It also was never really that established that Billy's that scared of this thing. No,
0: he's not actually scared of
1: the crooked man. No. They have this toy that they play with like once, and it's this like little crooked man dancing. Like, okay, cool, whatever. And then they were like, how about we make this horrible CGI of the dog which turning in? Yeah. Horrible. It looked really bad. I had to look up when this movie was made because I was like, that looks horrendous. Is this
0: what are you talking about the dog turning into the dog
1: anytime you see the crooked man he looks terrible well the crooked man is
0: actually an actor it was not stop motion it was not cgi that was Nuh-uh. actually a real person really yeah that's one of my tropes is then why the reality fuck is it unrealistic. Look so bad i mean part of it might have been cgi but that is a real actor with very long limbs
1: is it the same guy who does like most of those yes. parts good for him i'm yeah. glad that he's still and i love that guy mm-hmm. i think he's great Maybe they just did him dirty in this with, like, special effects around it. Yes. Because he looked like he was on, like, a bad, like, green screen, like, claymation. Like, he didn't look People thought it was stop motion. It did. It looked, it looked out of place just like those shots the shots that you talked about it looked yeah. out of place
0: at the end of the day I feel like they kept trying to add things in without justifying the presence
1: yeah there was no reason so it's like
0: okay you need to justify why there's this new monster you need to justify why there's a fucking there needs to be a reason for it otherwise they, willing whoa. suspension of disbelief is gone
1: like they tried to justify this nun with let's just, just, get, to it. Let's just get to the scene of okay. the fucking hate they tried to justify this nun with oh I saw the demon in my vision okay it was like at the end of the first one right mm-hmm. cool so that was like a weird end credit thing that like what okay what whatever and then they they try to show us this moment in her her basement or whatever where she's ed got up all of a sudden it's like oh, i had to get up because i had to see i had to paint this vision i had and then it's a perfect painting of this nun and i'm like okay one ed why do you just paint for a living because that's great yeah he also was like, sorry, I'm no Picasso. And there's like a beautiful painting of the house in the background from the first movie. And I was like, okay, Ed, shut the fuck up. Um, it's like him with the kids all over again. Oh, I'm good with kids. What? What? You Me? You really have a daughter. Um, so they try to justify it in this basement by being like, see, she's having visions of it. It's following her. Why? And I know why. Because like, there's a fucking, non- the, the Nun movie explains this bullshit. Yeah. But I don't want to fucking wait around for that. Don't don't show me something that you're gonna justify later when I didn't even know you were gonna justify it. The nun movie came out like way after this. They're expecting to buy into it in advance. They're like trying
0: to lay the groundwork, but you have you have to give us a reason to buy your story, and then you can expand your universe. Right. But if you're just trying to like lay out like threads of story for your like for you to pick up later, it's just it feels undone. Like I'm trying to think of the word. It just feels. Sloppy. I feel like they tried to do
1: what like Marvel movies do. marvel movies, yes. Yes, marbles. The Marble movies, mm-hmm. you know. Um, people are gonna love this. Oh god. <laughs> I'm not gonna tear into them. I just think it's funny that we call them the Marble movies. Yeah. <laughs> um They they do, you know, Marvel movies do this thing where like they they have end credit scenes that like oh, yeah. if you want to sit through the credits, you have to stay. You have to stay. And then you'll get a glimpse, and it's a very, like, usually it's a very quick glimpse of, like, what could be to come. Yes. And that's great. I don't like Marvel movies myself, but I do think that that is a really great thing that they do because it lets people see what's coming without forcing you to buy into it within the plot of the movie you just saw. Yes. If you wanted to show me this nun, you should have done this haunting the way it was meant to be done. Mm -hmm. And at the very end... Maybe then you can show me this weird painting scene. You keep that painting scene the way you want it. Maybe make it a little less shitty. Mm -hmm. But just put it at the end. Yeah. Don't show us that he painted the demon. Don't show us any of it. Keep the haunting how it is. And then at the end be like, oh, I painted this thing. Then she can be like, I had a vision of this. Cool. Now we know what's to come in the future. Mm -hmm. Don't make me buy into it during a haunting that it has nothing to do with. nothing Nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. They try to make us believe that it's because she used like a homemade Ouija board. They're like, oh, she used a homemade Ouija board. So of course she invited ghosts in. And I'm like, well, we know that's not fucking true because she already saw this nun at the end of the first one. So where is it coming from? Who, how did it get there? What's up? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Try to, try to just, everyone. Think about it. Everyone look at me right real quick. Everyone look at me. Where, where did it come from? How did it get there? Where did it come from? Where did it go? Huh?
0: Where did it come from? Cotton Cotton Nigel. Joe. Joe? I, I, my only justification would be that the nun, or Valak rather, saw a ghost that it could totally control, Mm -hmm. manipulate a family, and get them so famous the Warrens would come and then she could impale Ed Warren on a tree. Which is uh, a stretch, if you will. (laughs)
1: Right, Exactly.
0: We shouldn't have to make that kind
1: of stretch. No, we shouldn't have oh, to stretch it, like that. We said we'd talk about it, we didn't. Let's talk about the worst fucking scare in the movie, I uh, think. There's this part. Do you want me to do it or you want to do it? I want you to do it. Okay. I feel like I'm talking. I'm sorry. I'm. How dare you I speak know. on a
0: podcast that you co-host?
1: So, I just The, feel like the
0: nerve of some people. I just
1: feel like I'm taking over oh, no. because my, I'm blinded by rage. <laughs> um, there's this part in the basement that we already kind of talked about, but it's this part where the painting that Ed made of the nun is sitting in the basement. Um, it's kind of like a nice... It's like an office. I think it's more his more office, yeah. I just... It had stairs, sort of, so I couldn't uh, figure out where it they was. They have, like, a weird split level, I think. It, I think you're right, because the basement is where they keep their museum-type thing. It's like so a it's recessed
0: office. office, but it's not, like, fully below ground right. because there are windows. Yeah, so, so it is just
1: an office then. Um. So she's in this office. There's paintings. There's the nun painting. It's right next to a lamp. So there's this somewhat interesting moment where, like... She turns the lamp on. The nun is there. She's having visions or whatever. The lamp goes out, and she goes to turn it back on, and the nun in the painting has become kind of more real. Like, mm-hmm. it looks a lot more real than it did when she was looking at it before. That part's okay. Mm-hmm. It's a little unsettling because you you yourself can't tell, just like she can't. Turns the light back on. It's back to being, like, a painting, whatever. But then she just, like, sees it, like, either in a mirror or... Do you remember? It's like in a mirror. It's It's like a reflection, I think. Yeah, And then from this like reflection, the shadow of the nun just walks the entire length of the room, goes behind the painting. So then you have this stupid image of shadow legs, a painting, and then the nun's little hands come over and it grabs the painting. And as a viewer, you're like, oh, it's going to like crawl out or do something weird. No, it just fucking runs. Holds on to the painting as if it's some sort of weird Halloween mask. And here's the worst part. Is that the eyes and the mouth and everything just stay a painting. But you get this cartoonish, Lancashire! <meinem coworkers> like mouth. Mm-hmm. That just looks so stiff.
0: It's ridiculous. It looks
1: like they took a picture, cut out the mouth, and then said, now put your real mouth in it. Yeah. <laughs> it was so bad. Kate and I both talked about yeah. it right before we started. I went, Kate, I have a scare that made me so fucking mad, and she was like, it's that painting part?" And I was like, "It's the yeah. painting." <laughs> it. Oh, do you have? A, is that your worst scare? Because I know we usually do best scare, and I do have one. But do you have any more that are just horrendous like that one?
0: No, I was writing down an idea for uh, the rating. None Ooh. runs.
1: I'm good. I have one, but we'll get we'll get okay. there. Um, yeah, I mean. Uh, that's kind of all I've got. I know I've rambled, but those are my
0: thoughts. So it's fair to say that that was our qualms.
1: Yeah, this movie in itself is kind of just, just a qualm. qualm. Yeah. I, my qualm is that it was made. <laughs> I, think, I, I think that if they did this again and stuck with the haunting as best they could and made it a little more like the first one, a little less cookie cutter Hollywood movie. I think I'd like it. Yeah. I thought the child actors were really good. Johnny really got his moment, good for Johnny, and in his one line. I think they everyone did a good job besides Vera's gonna be good. Her um my Bible. You know, her weird moments.
0: Yeah. I feel like this movie is most enjoyable the first time you watch it. And yeah. then it depreciates in like value each maybe, time you watch it. Yeah,
1: and we talked about that. Maybe that's it too. Like I think I'm being harsh with it because I've seen it like five, four or five times now.
0: I don't think you're being harsh or unreasonable. I think that your qualms are valid. I think that with those in mind, yeah. like you might not notice them the right. first time. And I saw this, I don't know, before we started the podcast. When right. I started watching I don't know. You and I watched it. Yeah, we watched our, it. This was
1: one of the first ones we watched before Simultry. we started the podcast. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I was like, oh, scary. Well, I suggested and, it even. I yeah. was like, you know,
1: we should do a Conjuring movie because I really like them. Mm-hmm. I remember, like, I'm ripping into this movie, but I just want everyone to know. I went and I saw this in theaters and I was pumped.
0: Yeah. I liked it. I feel like the, like, immersion and experience is the best the first time. And then after that, you already, like... It's just not one of those movies that's good to rewatch. Yeah. And you start picking it apart as you go. Yeah. Because there's so much to pick apart. Right. And so it doesn't have, like, for me, a movie that I can watch endlessly and enjoy every time is Cabin in the Woods. Right. And it stays scary or it stays funny. Like, it keeps those things because it was really well put together. Right. This movie just feels very, like, loosely strung together.
1: It does. It feels like something that, like... It's only made to like last once. Like, you know, just mm-hmm. real quick, get through it, get through it. It's Forever 21 clothing. Oh my God, it is. It's genuinely just like, you can wear it like once or twice, but my God, do not put that thing through through anything. Because no. it'll destroy itself. Hand
0: wash it. Try to forget you own it while it dries.
1: <laughs> if you breathe <laughs> out too hard. It, don't look at it. Um, but that's, and you know what? Much like Forever 21 clothing, it has something useless on the back that you don't actually uh-huh. need. The nun. The nun. So, I, yeah, I feel like, I I used to really like this movie, but the more I've watched it, the more I'm like, did I like it? Or was I just really excited about the first one? Mm. So this came out and I saw it and I was like, cool. Like there's more of that movie I like. So I was really just riding the high of the first Conjuring movie that I really liked yeah. and thinking, this is just like that when it's not. Like, I think I just had rose colored glasses on. I was very excited about it. But the more I've watched it, the more I'm like, oh, I, I, don't I don't like, like this. Amazing. And I mean, it, it doesn't help either that like, you and I have watched a lot of amazing movies the oh, last yeah. few, like, like two months. Yeah. Like, we've watched movies that we really like. We oh, only had yeah. one that we didn't love. Yeah. So it, you know, it was about time we had one that we didn't like. And yeah. also, you know, I'm spoiled. I'm spoiled by the fact that we get to watch really good movies. Yep. Um, so I'm sorry, Contra, too, but... Oh, yikes. I'm
0: not sorry they made, like, how many million? They're fine. They're good, I they don't
1: care what we think. <laughs> they were like, I literally don't give a shit. Yeah. like, fair enough. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize to millionaires. I can't wait until we do the nuns someday, because if you want to see me get real angry, you oh thought boy. this was bad. My goodness. <sighs> okay. Should we, should we do our favorite scare mm-hmm. and then go to uh, some tropes? Yeah. Okay. I think... Did I go first last time? I don't know if it really matters, but... I, I remember mine now. Okay. Oh, I went second last time
0: because I did the ball. Mm, yes, yes, yes. Okay.
1: Um, okay. So my favorite scare, besides, you know, I mentioned the moment where he, like, walks past and sees him in the chair. I did really like that. But my favorite moment is when they're having Janet sit in the chair and she's sipping the water. And he's like, keep the water in your mouth so we know. And she's like, oh, but don't look at me. So they look away and you're getting, like, a very blurry camera angle at Janet And I didn't even notice. like The point where it turns. Yeah. It does it like really slow where all of a sudden it changes from Janet to the old man. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I was like watching it and I was like, she looks weird. And I was like, oh, it's the old man. You look different. (laughs) It was like matching the mouth perfectly all of a sudden. And like, and you can't really see it because the camera's focus is on Ed. So it's very much in the like background and it's very blurry. But you can tell that it's the old man instead of Janet. Yep. And then it very suddenly, not suddenly, kind of slowly, changes back to Janet, still blurry. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I actually uh, really like that moment. Yeah. More of that, please. That was really cool. I thought it was really effective. Yeah. It was one of those subtle ones, just like the chair, where, like, you just got to pay attention and see it. And then all of a sudden, it's like, ooh, that's creepy. <laughs> so, a bravo on that one, bravo. at least. I really liked it. Ugh. Mm -hmm. my favorite so it was hard to pinpoint
0: and like before we started recording i was like i have to watch the beginning again to like (laughs) figure out because i knew it was early in the movie because it's before mom gets involved right it's when the kids are like facing down evil not really sure what's Mm -hmm. happening and it's like right after janet does her like first nighttime bill conversation where she's like standing facing away (gasps) from margaret and she's talking about like Go away, this is my house, whatever. Yeah. And then Margaret's like, okay, go to bed now, (laughs) creepy. And like goes back to her bed, turns over, and you see like concern and fear. And then the camera moves away, Mm -hmm. and then Janet is just right behind her.
1: And to me, the
0: moment where Janet was just suddenly behind her was scary. When but then she screams or like a voice screams or something. I was like, "Mm, whatever. But like her just suddenly being there. Yeah. Because the beds are squeaky as fuck. The house creaks. Right. There is no way that you would not have heard her get up and exactly. Move there. To me, that was the very room's scary. Room was very small. Like yes,
1: that that did get me too, because I just forgot. I was like, oh, she's over there doing her thing. I was like, no, she's not. Oh, God. I was like,
0: I know there will be a scare here.
1: I don't right. remember what
0: it is. Can't tell what it'll be. And then fucking but I know Janet. I don't like it. And then like when Janet is running back to her room and she like puts the uh, chair underneath the door. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the chair's like next to her.
1: Oh yeah. See there's these little ones that get Mm -hmm. lost in the the muck of the rest of this movie. We'll just I'm gonna do a super cut. I'm gonna edit this movie down to all the good scares. Take out every bit about the nun. I'm gonna make my own conjuring. I love it everybody here we go join our patreon so i can quit my job and focus only on making my own conjuring 2 movie thank you It'll take at least a week i would like to be reimbursed for that it'll take you. a while because yeah. you know i'm gonna fix a sweet sweet audio and everything too
0: oh boy there was one audio <laughs> moment that i thought was cool and it felt like a throwback or like a repetition really of the yeah. first movie where the guy's going through and he's like sweeping the house with that long skinny microphone yeah, yeah. and you hear what the microphone hears that you don't cool. hear what he hears and so you hear the change but and like the rah. focus yeah, yeah. I thought that was cool because I like, I like when they do different things with audio.
1: Yeah, it's nice. It's like a nice change, and it yeah. gives you something to like latch on to and be scared of. So I liked that too. I wish that there had just been more of it. It yeah. just, like I said, it gets lost in like this sea of bad. But Shit. it had its moments. So uh, let's do tropes. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay.
0: So we talked about the noodle incident last time, and that right. was resolved this time. Yeah, because it was it was unnoodled. If you want to call it that. Unnoodled it, yeah. The unnoodling. And.
1: (laughs) Ah, the (laughs) unnoodling.
0: I recall the days before the unnoodling. But basically, once you find out, it's like, yeah, that would be scary. That would be her worst fear. Right. But then it just kind of loses its draw because you're like, there's tension because you're like, well, is it going to come to pass? Is it going to do this? Right. But at the end of the day, it it was unnoodled. So. Yeah. Unnoodled. Unnoodled. Uh, so this, this is the one I was talking about a little bit earlier. That was a sentence. This is the one that I was talking about a little bit earlier.
1: That was beautiful. Thank you. You're
0: <laughs> welcome. I can enunciate.
1: Wow. Wow. <laughs> Papyrus. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Papyrus. I know what you did. Let's <laughs> we'll see our extended show notes and see what we're talking about.
0: Goddamn. <laughs> okay, so reality is unrealistic. This one has come up in a few movies, but mm-hmm. I haven't covered it extensively. Right. But essentially it's when something in a movie is actually based on fact. And either happened or is totally possible, but people laugh it off as improbable. So it's something that, like, is realistic, but people are like, oh, that could never happen. Right. So this happens a lot with accents. People are like, ugh, the fake British accents in BBC Sherlock are so bad. (laughs) They're all British actors. They're all British. (laughs) Or in Cloverfield, the size of the Statue of Liberty's head. That's, yeah. This is funny. So, in the trailer, they got a bunch of complaints from people saying the head is too small, and so they bumped it up 50%. The original size were the, like, actual dimensions. Like, was what it was, yeah. Yes. People just have a wrong perception of the Statue of Liberty's head in relation right. to the rest of the body. And so they bumped up the size by 50%, and people still thought it was too small. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this trope also pops up a lot when, like, the fictionalized account of a historical figure is so well-known that the actual facts of that person's life or events are believed. Like, this is a small example, but popular representations of Napoleon Bonaparte depict him with a French accent. He had a Corsican accent, even though he was
1: fluent in French. So,
0: it's like, he didn't have a French accent. (laughs) Oh,
1: my God. And, I mean, also, isn't it, and I could be wrong, it's, like, well-known that he's, like, really short, but wasn't he, like, average height back then? I think so, yeah. Because, like, back then, the average height was, like, four. four. (laughs) It was five like four. five or something. I was gonna say was like five 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 six. Four inches like, if you want. The average height yeah. is like me, like five five. Uh, not five four. No, you um, sound like you're five four. Oh my god, you bet. We've done this before, and I won't do it again. <laughs> um, but yeah, like he's not. Yeah, okay, that's so funny. So in this case,
0: <laughs> how does it relate to this movie, you ask? Well, I already told you. Uh, yeah. So the crooked man. People thought it was stop motion or like yeah. entirely CGI. It's an actual living person, and it is his live acting.
1: Why did? Uh, how did it look like?
0: His name's Javier Javier Botet. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, he's fairly famous as like a creature actor. Mm-hmm. He was Mama in Mama.
1: Yes, he was. He was set
0: in the Mummy. Uh-huh. He was um, the plague guy in It. He was in Wreck sure. 2 and he was an Alien Covenant. And he was Slender Man in Slender Man. Yeah. So he was born with Marfan Syndrome, which causes folks to have, like, unusually long limbs and, like, heightened flexibility. Yeah. So he's 6'6". six, wow. And his arms, legs, and fingers are quite long. Wow. He's very skinny. And so he just looks kind of gangly and, like, his motions are, like, really uh, treasured in horror films. Because, like, oh, I'm sure. he can just do that.
1: See, I feel like he's so good at it i i feel like they just added either too much or something to it that just made it seem so
0: mm-hmm.
1: not real
0: yeah you're not the only person like I, yeah that was well, a common thing that people thought it was cgi so or was stop motion yeah
1: because i saw it and i was like this looks terrible
0: mm-hmm.
1: Cause, mainly because it just looked out of place yes it wasn't even like a quality thing as much as it was like what is happening why are, why they doing- are you introducing this now yeah Interesting. I cannot believe it's a real person. Yeah. Like, I can't because I've seen this actor before. So, like, now that you're saying it, I'm like, yeah, like, it makes sense. But the way he moves in that was like, what? I don't know. Yeah, he's very
0: practiced and very talented. Interesting. That's um, wild. Uh, I don't have a ton to say about this one. It's called The Trauma Swing. <laughs> we <laughs> talked about it in It Follows. Um, and I think we also talked about it, it in Ginger Snaps? But yes. Janet is sitting alone on a swing, and Lorraine comes over and tells her why being different is okay. You just have to find someone who loves
1: you, and then it's okay. It's
0: that whatever. whole story was
1: weird, yeah. Yeah.
0: And then it's basically the entire trope is basically, like, if you are sitting alone on a swing on a playground, no one else is around you, you have suffered a trauma.
1: You've had some trauma. It's okay. Yeah. Go and sit on your swing. Go
0: sit on your swing, baby. <laughs> swing away, okay. <I> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not now, sweaty. Mama's on her trauma swing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so it's also common like in this trope for another character to come along and like console them so like it's just one of those classics yeah uh this (laughs) one i thought was interesting um and i kind of teased a little bit earlier when lorraine famously says it took a blasphemous form to attack my faith so this is a form you're comfortable with yeah. And the trope is actually inverted in this film. Oh. So, first off, if the trope is played straight, it usually refers to a super powerful being whose true form is beyond comprehension. and would break right. our brains if we were to witness it. Right. So, like in Greek myths, seeing a god in their godly form would kill you. You would just like disintegrate Ooh. on the spot. <laughs> <Dead>. uh, <laughs> done. So, there are also forms <clears throat> Goodness. <clears throat> sorry. I have allergies. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. I have allergies. <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat>
0: Is it back? We're almost there. (laughs) So there are forms of this trope where the being is like my true form would be very confusing and uncomfortable for you. So I'll just look like Tom Hanks or whatever. (laughs) Well, yeah. Yeah. So in this case, uh, Valak, a demon, took the form of a nun specifically to mock Catholicism and the Warrens. Right. So it was the opposite of to make you comfortable. It was to To make make you uncomfortable.
1: uncomfortable. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which, like, okay, I'm sorry not to derail, but we didn't talk about this. If you knew that you could be defeated by giving someone your name, why why would you just go, it's Valak. You can call me Valak. Like, she even said, she goes, Val, my friends, but I don't know you that well. <laughs> you can just say Valak. <laughs> but she's just like, you told me your name. Did it? Like,
0: whatever, When she was. Whatever. Yeah. when she's
1: writing it in her stupid little Bible. But, like. I just love it. she's like, you told me your name. I know it. It's been in your Bible this whole time. All you had to do this whole time was go Valak. Oh, cool. Got it. Thanks, guys. What the fuck? Did she never look
0: back through her no. absolutely wrecked Bible apparently. after she had that moment? No, Did she just, she just like m- pack it away and say, too traumatic to look at this. I don't want to know what I wrote.
1: Apparently when not. When I was having
0: psychic visions.
1: Why would a demon be like, the one thing you need to defeat me is my name. Also, here it is. Why would you? Oh. I could see I'm just it, as mad at this demon as I am her. Yeah.
0: I could see it played as like taunting her, like you can't, like I'm gonna give you everything and you still can't defeat right, me. But yeah. even that is just like giving a lot of uh, benefit of the doubt. <laughs> she
1: still didn't look at it. She was just like, I'll look at that later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was- Sorry, I just wanted to bring it up before I forgot that, that part yeah, yeah. made me laugh so hard. <laughs> okay.
0: We have another, okay. So we had an inverted trope, now we have an averted trope. Ooh. Averted. Uh so it's called the one Steve limit. Okay. So, uh, basically, it's just a convention where mm-hmm. you don't have named characters with the same name unless it is vital to the plot that they right. have the same name. Because it gets confusing. Yeah. There are three Peggies in this movie. What? <laughs> Peggy, the mom. Yeah. Peggy, the friend. They call each other Pegs. And then Margaret is, like, the shortened version of that as Peggy. So, like, yeah. <laughs> and so, like, only two Peggies that call each other Peggy, but there are two Peggies. What? And then there's Billy... And Bill. Oh my God. And the, uh, what was it? TV Trump said that Johnny and Janet are actually variations of like the same root name. But it's like that, whatever. Like those are the names. But it's like, it broke the one Steve limit.
1: This should have been my movie to remember names, considering they were all the same apparently. Which Peggy? I still was like, I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> Incredible. Yep. Those are three Oh my God. Uh okay. Well, that means, that means we got to rate this movie. <laughs> okay. Um, I have one idea. You have one idea. I have one idea.
0: <laughs> None runs. <gasps>
1: <laughs> uh, that sounds like some sort of like K- 5k where <laughs> it's like dresses your favorite nun. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say beefy remote. Oh, that was a chonky remote. That was a chonky remote. Yeah. Which, like, just, like, click. And she's got both hands on that thing. And, like, lift with your legs, not your back. (laughs) (laughs) When you pick up the remote, make sure that you're doing it safely. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's got to be nun runs. Because you know that pissed me off. And I do love it. Yeah. You know what I want to do? I want to nun run away from this goddamn movie. (laughs) That's what I want to (sighs) do. I think did I did I go first? I don't remember. Let's just uh I almost said pick a number between one and two, <laughs> and then
0: I would just know. <laughs> what if we hold up our number fingers at the same time and okay. then we'll justify it? One, two, two three. three. Okay, <laughs> I I predicted that. I figured. Yeah. Okay, so for those of you at home, all of you, all of you, uh Nikki held up two and I held up three.
1: Nikki, would you like to start? I'd love to. Okay. I would love to start and rate <laughs> this
0: movie.
1: <sighs> I'm going to give, and this is generous. <laughs> I'm going to give this movie <sighs> two. I was going to say one and a half, and then I just tried to think of the good the good things. One and a half. I <laughs> can't. I'm going to give it one and a half. Oh, man. None runs. We're I not going to have a 5K. God damn uh, it. <laughs> I feel so like, every time I rate a movie this bad, I feel bad. Because I'm like, people probably really like this movie. But then I'm like, I'm still I just have to like, like it. it. Yeah, people are still allowed to like it. it. It's not that it's not scary. It's just that I don't think any any of the scares and any of the things in it are justified. They're just so random that I was like, no. It felt like I was watching a bunch of vignettes. Like, it felt like I was watching, like, a bunch of different movies. And I was like, that's not what I signed up for. This is not XX. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. here to watch a bunch of shorts. Connect these dots, please. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so because there's just nothing there, I I can't. I have to give it one and a half. And like I almost said, maybe if I watch it again, I was like, if I no. watch it again, I'll get zero. So yeah. one and a half non runs. That's all I. That's that's all I can say about it. <laughs> I can't.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I gave it three because it's a movie that I still enjoyed watching. Yeah. And I did there. God, I'm tempting myself to take it down to two and a half.
1: (laughs) See, it's hard. Basically,
0: there were so many moments that took me out of it.
1: That's it. Because
0: it's like Lorraine's lines. I don't know if it was just the writing of them or her delivery, but they just weren't good. No. And it was just like the delivery felt off because she has like that very calm, soothing vibe. But it's like it just felt off.
1: And it was in the first one she wasn't like that. No, she wasn't at all. Great. So,
0: so it it just felt very strange here. And then I agree with you that like the connective threads just weren't woven very well.
1: No, they were just random.
0: So I think I still give it three just because it's a movie that has some good scares. Yeah. And it's a movie with promise. Not like they're gonna go back and like turn in a right. second draft, but
1: Yeah, like I uh, <sighs> It's not the worst out of the bunch, I will say. I have there's one that takes that title.
0: Because it's like, I'm, I know that they're supposed to be independent, not compared to others, but like, I would have a hard time rating this the same that I gave, um, Fourth Kind. Yeah. Because that one just felt unhinged.
1: That one was just awful in its own way. That one just like exploited. That one was exploitative. Yes. So that's why that one got some fucking, (sighs) that one was awful. Yeah.
0: I just felt like this one was more about like, propelling the universe forward instead of telling a damn good story on its own. Yeah. And I just didn't think it did it well enough.
1: Yeah. It felt like their focus was more on progressing their brand than progressing the story. Yep. So I was like, I all I see here is you trying to find ways to make more money. Yeah. I don't see a story at all, which is what I wanted to see. Like, I like the Enfield haunting. There are shows about it, and they're, it's really interesting. Yeah. There's a documentary that's really mm. cool. Um, highly recommend it. If y'all want to, like, check it out, there's a lot of things about this haunting that are really interesting that explore, was it real, was it not, was it in their head? Here's the actual real evidence of it, which this movie just didn't care. It had all the evidence that it could have grown upon. And it was like, no, we're going to do our own thing. Yeah. You didn't need to. You had the blueprints. All you had to do was build it and you you just didn't.
0: Yeah. And that's where I get, I'm kind of like torn on this because like, I don't believe that the Enfield poltergeist existed. Like, I don't believe that Amityville horror is haunted. Like, I don't believe in any of the hauntings. But I still get mad when they're not true to the source material. Right.
1: And I'm I'm in this weird in-between in place where, like, I do believe in hauntings. Like, I, I full-heartedly believe. Oh, that, I just like, don't believe
0: in these in particular. Right. Exactly.
1: <laughs> I believe that in some ways these things could have happened. But, like, I'm not going to believe them more or less if you don't show it to me. Like, I. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it just, they didn't even give me the story. So I was like, if you're not going to give me the real story that you're basing this off of, don't brag about it in the beginning. This is the Enfield haunting. But then you you made it your own weird thing. Yeah. If they had just been like, oh, we just made our own movie. Which is what the nun is. Which is, <laughs> we'll get to that. But that's what the nun is. You could have just saved this for the nun and made yeah. your own thing and been like, you know what? We're done with their Ed, Ed and Lorraine story. Let's just make our own now. Yeah. That's all you do. Uh, but yeah. Three, three makes sense, because it did have good yeah. scares. And I liked the music. Yeah, like, the music was great. Same music as last time. That's the yeah. why I didn't say it was Joseph uh, Sure, I think. Um, I
0: Yeah, I liked the songs that they chose, like London Calling by The Clash. Like, that was really great. Oh, yeah, like, they
1: started, I was like, classic London Calling. They do that every yeah. time there's a movie set in London. Which I'm like, a sucker for, because I'm, right I'm very much like, not
0: British. <laughs> I'm sure that they hate it. Well, I'm not sure about anything about them, but... I like them. <laughs> I love that song. Yeah. Uh, but I thought that, like, it had some really good music. I thought that some of the filmography was cool, like, when she's on the ceiling.
1: Oh, yeah. That was it, cool. And
0: then she, like, I thought they had some really good moments. I just think they tried too hard and just didn't do it well enough.
1: Yeah, they, they did too much, and they didn't yep. do any of them well is the thing. Yep. They were all just half-assed, which, like,
0: don't. Gotta put your full ass into it. You gotta put your full ass into it. Yep.
1: You can't half-ass nope. it so so yeah that's what we got a solid four together four and a half together we make a nice four and a half non-runs uh-huh
0: that's Um, not quite a 5k but you know what we'll practice we'll get there
1: this nun barely ran either she barely ran. Maybe if she ran just a little more. like She's, Show her running. Okay.
0: She excels at sprints. She is not a long distance runner. not a long distance okay? runner. This is a short distance non-run. Yeah. It's a short distance non-run. And
1: She was quick. I mean, I'll, I'll give her that. It's not the know? high intensity
0: interval training non-run. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Good for her.
1: That's fine. Happy Good for her. her. Yeah. Let's, let's wrap it up. Yeah. I'm <laughs> <That was> so <laughs> mad.
0: That wraps <laughs> up our discussion of The Conjuring 2, which is so creatively named. Love um, it. I love it if you enjoyed your time with us we would really appreciate it if you'd rate and review on apple Podcasts. even though the apple podcast app is buggy as hell
1: true sometimes yeah anyway it's a good app thank you rate us on it (laughs) please still give us your ratings even though we just made fun of it please
0: (laughs) but it actually really does help people find your show and we also just really love reading what you say because it's really sweet uh and then you can also follow us on instagram and twitter at just cool with it where every wednesday we'll post the movie for the week and when Nikki reminds me I'll tell you where to find it but I didn't this week
1: because I was not paying
0: attention. <laughs> it was Netflix. It was Turns Netflix out. Yeah. I
1: also had to look it up. Netflix I was like Netflix?
0: just <laughs> feels like a default where it's like you don't have to tell someone if it's on Netflix. Right, like, everyone has Netflix. Right.
1: It's like the first place yeah. we'll check and then then you go on to the other. Yeah. Apps. It's
0: like, I guess I'll look at I HBO Max, whatever.
1: <laughs> but yeah.
0: And you can check out our extended show notes where we'll put all the memes that we referenced this episode. A lot of
1: memes this time. So many
0: memes. Whew. That's on our website, justgoolwithitpod.com. Or maybe even take a look at our Patreon at patreon.com slash
1: Support our Patreon so I can make my own Conjuring movie, please. Yep. You think it's a joke? If we, what what's a good what's a good milestone, Kate?
0: If five
1: thousand. If we get to five thousand, I will make my own full length Conjuring movie. do it, you cowards! <laughs>
0: <I> <laughs> Support <love it>. me. <laughs> In the meantime, we do have some patrons we that do. are making Nikki's dream come true. They are. Yeah. We're so
1: close, guys. So <laughs> close.
0: <almost> <laughs> Those patrons are Kim, Kelly, Neha, Will, Rachel, Kelsey, Sula, Tim, Beth, and Kayla. Woo! love them love them the intro and outro music was created by Anthony Racazella and the cover art is by our very own Nikki Solomon
1: it's no Conjuring
0: 2 but it's pretty good (laughs) it's my own
1: Conjuring 2 to be clear I'm gonna call it Conjuring 2 Nikki's Electric Boogaloo I think it's gonna be very good and I think everyone's
0: gonna love it what about the Conjuring
1: (gasps) what's so much better I'm gonna cut out what I said (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Shit! <laughs> the Nick Conjuring. Everyone, shut up. That's it. That's the name of it. <laughs> Cut. Cut. I have to stop the recording so no one knows how stupid I am. <laughs> See ya! <laughs> They should just never talk. Unless you have something nice to say to me. Don't say it. Yeah. Unless
0: you're going to compliment my cholesterol levels, get the fuck out.
1: (laughs) I'm going to put that at the end.